to another episode of Hey, I Saw That Movie. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Carlisle. I am Metaluna. I also am David Johnson. I never met a Luna I didn't like. Yeah, and so, yeah, welcome to uh, UHF 3000, the movie, the podcast. UHF 3K. That's right. I think we've we've already gone over some of the points in recent episodes of why we might be even talking about this movie in relation to UHF. Um, but maybe we should quickly go over those in case someone is only listening to this episode for whatever reason. Or in case we decide to release this episode before we talk about it in our regular episodes, which I'm kind of in favor of doing. Mm. <laughs> As you know, listeners, we are talking about the 1989 French film UHF. But today, we are going to take some time to talk about the movie Mystery Science Theater 3000, the, the movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what year this came out? Uh, I don't remember the year that it came out, but I can tell you. Well, I'm going to look it up quick because that's like easy peasy uh, info. Yeah, yeah. It's 1996 is, is the year. Oh. oh, you got it. Okay. I, I did not remember that, but uh, I did look it up prior to the show. Uh, I will say, as long as we're talking about the date, it was released around June-ish of 2000, uh, and um, the year 2000 minus four years, which is 1996. Pre-Y2K. Pre-Y2K. Um, Pre-Y3K. And I was pretty sure I had seen this in the theater, as listeners of Spider-Man Minute will recall. Uh, I keep um, all my movie ticket stubs. And record um, the date, the theater, uh, and who I was with, uh, what time of day. And so I went back in my records, and I did not see this movie in the theater, which I'm I'm pretty disappointed about. Whoa, whoa! You did not see the movie MST3K, the movie in the movie theater. The movie that we're talking about, MST3K, the movie, was not seen by me in a movie theater. Um, but I did. You did. So let's, uh, okay, so real quick, let's go back over the the reasons why we might be talking about this in relation yeah. <laughs> to UHF. The one thing is uh, the, the word interocitor, which I, after seeing all of this stuff, you know, going back through these things, I'm like, interocitor, that word peaks, you know, a memory. Um, and that brought me to this movie, like, immediately, because I couldn't remember hearing that word anywhere else. But then actually looking into it a little bit, it turns out that word doesn't show up a lot of other places, or at least it's not known for showing up other places. It's really known for this island Earth. It's it, I think the word itself was invented for the short story that became the movie, This Island Earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, this movie, MST3K, the movie, is covering the movie This Island Earth. Instead of just talking about This Island Earth, we're talking about the MST3K, the movie version, because Joel Hodgson, right? Right, and and the reference in in uh, MST or in UHF. There's a lot of uh, acronym movie titles happening right now, and I'm having a little bit of a problem. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of a, a Russian nesting doll or a French nesting doll uh, situation, if you will. Where in um, you know we we're talking, it's kind of like the it's like a you know how many babies fit inside the tire, kind of a Zen thing. Is this tire like at speed or is this uh, like in a park somewhere? It can't be both. Well, that's true. I, I guess I, in the park I meant like, you know, when they're laying down on their side and babies are climbing all over it. 
No, it's. Or, I mean, it's. Are a, you packing the babies in the tire and and it, and then it goes? Them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what's happening over there. And babies in the tires. <laughs> babies in the tires. Yeah. So that's kind of. Yeah, it's going down the hill, um, kind of like this uh, episode. But um, so Joel Hodgson, creator of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the show who was originally um, desired to play the role of Philo, which I think we talked about. Uh, we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, sure yeah. did. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much all we needed as an excuse to record uh, an entirely separate episode about MST3K, the movie, because we love that movie, and we love MST3K. We even love the new stuff, but we don't love the new stuff as much. We love the new stuff like a, a stepchild love, not like a actual flesh and blood love. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I actually do like the new stuff quite a bit, actually. I do also. Uh, so let's go your first reaction to the movie, because both you and I were familiar with the show before seeing the movie. And uh, I know for myself, I was excited about the movie, but after seeing it the first time... I was less excited, or I didn't hate it, but I was just like, this is going to be great. And then you watch it, and you're like, that was okay. That was about it. But I like it more now than I did the first time I saw it. Interesting. Um, I, I don't remember the first time I saw it, obviously, because I thought I had probably seen it in the theater. So I don't, I'm, and I, I have to say now that I know that you saw it in the theater, I'm a little irritated that, because uh, uh, we were friends and, um, I say that we were friends, not that this has come out, but I guess we're still friends. But um, we were friends, and we lived in the same town, and you, I, you saw this in the theater, and I did not, and I don't know how that came to pass. But so I don't recall the first time I saw it. I think I liked it quite a bit the first time, and, and uh, having just watched it uh, in preparation for this episode, I uh, it was very short, very short. Oh, yeah, very um, short. But uh, I do like it. I think it holds up a lot of it holds up pretty well there were a few things that seemed a little dated um but they did a pretty good job actually of of not uh there's like a clinton joke um and <laughs> one or two random things that are like eh. yeah but they also make they also make jokes about like john sununu and and i don't know there's, there's other they always make like political or even just like tv entertainment jokes that are older so, yeah just because a joke is old doesn't necessarily mean it's dated on a show like this anyway yeah, but there's nothing, there's no joke from, like, modern times now in it. Sure. So it's dated only because it's not updated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who did you go see? Do you remember who you saw in the theater with? All of our other friends. Just, we didn't invite you. No, <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember. I, I would guess that we that Brett and I went and saw it. The uh, former guest of the show, Brett Bontrager. That is correct, yes. He will not be invited back now. <laughs> we are no longer friends. I remember seeing it in the theater, and this was back 1996. Yes, I was, you know, getting close to becoming a legal adult, sort of at my at that age. But um, I was still in my innocent movie watching days. I guess I would say, like, I wasn't very critical. I I had this weird understanding that if a movie was made, then it must be good because it was made and there was money put. You know, it's like it, it exists, so it must be good. And I just have to decide whether I like it or not, but I can't really say anything bad about it. Well, let me, you're kind of honing in on something. Let me put a little bit of a finer point on it. Every year, Hollywood makes hundreds of movies. MST3K, the movie, was one of them. 
I wonder how many movies were made in that year. I don't know, but I I know what you're saying. Like I when I went back and looked for that ticket stub, of course I saw all the other ticket stubs for the movies that I saw in 1996, and I was not what you would call a discriminating um, movie goer in 1996. Ooh, boy, there's some. I went and saw pretty much whatever anything. (laughs) Okay, so I guess my point was then. Even though I was like excited for the movie, I didn't really know how to pick it apart. I didn't know how I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I expected. Like what would be different going from the TV show to the movie and what would be so much bigger and grander and, and all that stuff. So after watching it, it was it's a little bigger and it's a little bit grander in certain ways, but I think I just came out of the theater just like, "Oh, that was like watching the show, I guess." Yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, I'm glad that they didn't stray from the format. You know, they did their thing. But Mm -hmm. in keeping with the format of the show, there isn't really very many ways that you can make it grander or bigger, you know. Some cool things is you you do get to see a little bit more of the spaceship that they're in. Mm -hmm. You don't really see, you know, it's not like Kermit riding the bicycle. You don't really see the robots, like head to toe and moving around and well you, i guess you see servo head to toe all the time but uh <laughs> head to um head head to, to ser- head to servo yeah. um, head, head to suction cup as it turns out in the first part of the movie ooh. uh but yeah but like crow we don't see him walking around we just see him in different places but then we just have more places also i noted that the there's a lot more music there's a lot more like score but yeah so there was a little bit of a score right off the bat there was um and uh um <laughs> so the movie starts off with uh mike nelson you know on on the hamster wheel doing a pretty big um you know 2001 a space odyssey reference and there's this melancholy mm-hmm. music playing uh and i tried to find out if that was a piece of music from the same um composer who did the piece in uh oh i wish we had chris and rudy here right now from open the podcast doors hal to tell me who that composer is that did that piece of music um when frank is jogging around in the discovery but uh, the only guy that i could find that was credited with writing the score for mst3k the movie was a guy billy barber i don't know for sure if he wrote that particular piece of music but i couldn't find anything to the contrary you said the word frank and that is probably one of my my biggest things that i don't like about the movie or especially didn't like it at the time was that there's no frank tv's frank it's not there. I, well, oh, I guess it's yeah. the movie. TV's so. Frank. Yes, yes. Not not Frank uh, Poole. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I guess if he was in the movie, it would be movies Frank, or what, maybe that's why he's not there, because he's like, well, it's not for TV, so I'm out of here. <laughs> that's right, yeah. In that opening shot where Mike Nelson's on the hamster wheel jogging, did you, in your head, hear Panama? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I, I, never, I never hear Panama in my head unless someone asks me if I've heard it or if I know it. I, I just sang it out loud during that scene to myself. <laughs> Very nice. There's actually a lot of... I know you're you're much more versed in the 2001 than, than I am. I've only seen it a, a few times in my lifetime. But uh, watching it this time, after we have talked a little bit more about it and stuff, I was like, wow, there's a lot of 2001 references in just MST3K itself. You know, just the, oh, yeah. the yeah. shots not, of the spaceship. Not the movie, but in, in, you're talking about in MST3K, the, the show? Yes, yes, right the on. show, the TV show. Yeah. The the satellite of love. That's the name of the ship. Indeed, Sorry. yes. Um, we were talking about bigger, grander. Uh, the movie sign countdown. Um, you know where it goes through the corridors and the things open up. Uh, that's mm-hmm. different, correct? Oh boy, 
I assume so, but I, I didn't take a lot of notes when I'm going over this, so I I didn't like know how many times we go through that. I did not. I didn't. I didn't know. That's crazy. No, nobody knows that. That can't be known. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. I'm I'm actually looking at it right now. It. I think it's it's Three? probably slightly different, but I don't know that it's vastly different. But it's like a new build. Like they built the. It's not from the mst3k the show right it's from mst3k the movie like they built like it's different now in the netflix series too yeah i think they especially update it for every iteration of the show and and yeah. i'm sure the movie has its own its own thing this is a show that i've always just enjoyed watching and if anything sticks in my brain then yippee for me and then i quote it <laughs> if it doesn't stick in my brain then i'll just see it the next time around that i that i watch it again okay speaking of quotes um several there are several lines in this movie that have made it into my lexicon of usage uh, yeah that's what i was gonna say because when when i was disappointed with it or slightly disappointed with it when i first saw it now going back over the movie i'm like oh my goodness i say all these things so yeah go go for it okay i'm gonna start uh right here at goofy goofy clown face (laughs) (laughs) that's that's your big one i think it's funny but i don't know that it no, that, was that's really not. Good. It's just I wanted to say that because, you know, that's what they say. We're going to start right here at Goofy, at goofy Clown oh, Face. you're right. You're right. As far as starting things, uh, there's at one point when they're looking at the constellation in the beginning credits, Crow says, oh, look, Orion's bankrupt, which is very apt to our discussion of UHF. Very apt to what? Oh, UHF. To discussion I thought of you UHF. said to Jeff somehow. Yes, yes. Yeah, um... Because not only is UHF, you know, put out by Orion, doesn't, uh, I think Weird Al makes the same kind of joke in the commentary to UHF. Oh, yeah, because when uh, uh, the Orion thing comes up in the commentary, he sings, Orion is, is bankrupt. bankrupt or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But so what are, so what are the other, um, so what, give me some of your things that you found that you, you know, when you rewatched it. You're oh, like, oh, my goodness. I, I started writing some stuff down and then I just put. A sentence that just says, all Joe jokes are gold. I love all the jokes about Joe. Like, it just starts right off with, like, weenie man away. And just what with all the shenanigans and goings on and all that stuff. What would my kids say? You're not my real father. Uh, there's Yeah, there's a lot of stuff from when they're um, building the interocitor. You know, when they're inserting the breakfast pastry. I, I don't say that often, but there's a in that sequence... You know, they're saying all these scientific manly things. And at one point, um, I think it's, I think it's Tom just says, yum. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, they, when they do Cal's voice, there's that low. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. This, this movie is funny. And I have to go back in time and tell my 1996 year old self that, uh, you'll learn to like it. Yeah. The other thing that I, uh, do pretty frequently that no one has ever understood is uh, anytime there's a dialer, I'm trying to get somebody to set something precisely. I'll you know I'll say you know, turn that knob precisely. <laughs> I, think I know to what you're gonna say. Seventeen. Oh, well, that's too far. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that works, works too. I guess. I love I love this stuff with with uh, Joe in that scene. Just when uh, it goes through that whole montage and they got all the boxes and mm-hmm. and Kale's like Joe, I'm in one of these boxes. Come, Come find, find me. me. Yep. yep. Um, and, <laughs> or when uh, Joe's walking across all the parts and it's like. <laughs> Like he's just crushing everything. Yep, yep. There were a couple others that uh, I was trying to write them down so fast because they come the joke. It the the really good stuff 
comes pretty fast and furious in a couple sections of the movie and i could not um uh jot down all the lines that but there are several things that i find that i say from time to time um there is one thing that uh my wife and i have three kids and when um, they would sleep in the car when we would travel to uh, visit family and so this whole cal honey time to put your shoes on where grandma's like we say that (laughs) all the time as a quote from this movie nice that's awesome Another thing for me is like chanting the normal view thing, um, but, which is really weird because I've never, you know, you can't shoehorn that into a situation. I just every so often I'll just belt that out out of nowhere, uh, which is normal amusing to me view. and nobody else. <laughs> That's the one. And I, of course, have to call out my previous project, the Princess Bride Minute. And there's a moment when someone just says, Mowage. Yep, yeah, I think that's Kevin, yeah. And, of course, at the very end credits, of course, we get the amazing rando. <laughs> yeah. I think there's an Eastman joke again. They they bring back uh, several of the classic uh, credit jokes. In our friendship, I remember the amazing rando being a thing. I just remember that that made it outside of the movie into our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope, dear listeners, that rando makes it into your lives as well. <laughs> Whatever not that just means. some crazy rando, but the amazing rando. <laughs> yeah, the amazing rando, not not your uh, regular average rando. <laughs> Easter eggs. I did. Uh, I found an Easter egg that I'd never seen before, and then I went on IMDb, and of course, it was listed as a Easter egg or goof or whatever. And I was like, ah, man. Of course, everybody knows this, probably except for me. But towards the beginning of the movie, where he, where the satellite of love uh, runs into the Hubble Space Telescope. And mm-hmm. he uses the, um, what is it, what is he called? The manipulator arms? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the button that he... Pr- oh, the Manos. Yeah, I never saw that. It's pretty big. But yeah, it's really quick. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I guess that about does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you maybe you had just attributed it to... Uh, I think Isn't in Spanish, isn't Manos hands or something like that? Well, yeah. But uh, no, I don't think I ever saw that it was labeled in, uh, and I'm pretty sure probably the first time I saw this movie, I had probably never seen that episode of the show. Actually, um, somehow I had, okay. I'd always missed. I know that's one of the, like the mainstays, but uh, I had never seen that until actually, I guess it's been several years ago now, maybe six or so years ago. I saw a uh, Rift Tracks live simulcast where they did Manos. And then, of course, since then... The Hands of Fate. Yeah, Man of the Hands of Fate, yes. Not to be confused with MST3K, the movie. So there is one thing that even watching it now, I'm still just like, meh. Um, I like like Mike. I want to be like Mike. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, I find that his performance is a little bit flat. It's not his fault because I don't know that he's really doing anything different than what he does on the TV show, but I think that's the problem is that the movie is a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more of a production, but his character is still just like, well, I'm just a guy. He doesn't put much character into his voice, and so when you've got these other robots that are already so characterized in their voices and he just comes off a little like, oh, hey, Gypsy, what are you doing? That's a funny critique to me, um, you know, because if you um, contrast his energy level with Joel Hodgson's when he was the host, it's, you know. um, That's true. I guess in some some scenes, it kind of comes off as just like, 
like bad acting or something. But I think he's doing that on purpose. But also, I was reading a little bit that they were really um, struggling with the studio. The studio wanted them to do this and that and the other thing, and I guess like most of the cast. Um, really uh didn't have very much fun making that movie which i was really sad to hear oh. because uh yeah i know because it's it's like they there's some pretty good stuff in there as far as the riffing yep the uh i i don't have it memorized anymore but i used to have the whole thing about the uh i'm not an alien and the whole uh, <laughs> yeah. ram my ovipositor down your throat and lay my eggs in your chest but i'm not but, an but alien. i'm not an alien yep. i guess i do yeah. remember it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's almost like a uh, the the cadence of that is really good the other um cadence that i really like a lot is again when they're building the interocitor um you know when they're calling down as the mother boys are you you know are you i can't remember what they <laughs> what, what's the line are you doing this no are you building interocitor no, no. <laughs> oh so the interocitor i do have a question when they build it and they talk to uh exeter the first time and then they're done talking exeter what, he's trying to destroy the instruction manual, but then they get scared and unplug it and everything blows up anyway? Like, is that supposed to mean anything or just it? everything gets destroyed? So it's not like they saved anything by unplugging it. I think it just shows them just they just don't know what's going on and they just kind of... Now, you're referring to something that happens in the movie This Island Earth. And I did not take yes. notes on any of that because we're talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Oh, but I was I was getting in deep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I I think that it was gonna um, explode anyways. Um, was the feeling oh, the that I thing? had? Yeah, because you know, in in the you know when he's reading the packaging slip or the letter or whatever it says, you know, you have to you know build this thing, and here's the instruction manual. None of these parts are replaceable, and so you know, I mean, when they decide to leave the house and and try and get out of the house where all the scientists are, they blow up the entire house. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I mean, they're yeah. they're not leaving anything to chance. They're covering their tracks, uh, they being the big heads. Okay, so Exeter was using the Interocitor to, to burn the instruction book and blow up the Interocitor, and they just unplugged it too late, and it just blew up anyway. Is that I what you're thinking? I think that it would have, whether, I think it didn't matter whether he unplugged it or not. I think it, you know, kind of like a Mission Impossible, like this message will self-destruct kind of a thing, you know. All right. that, that's the way I took it, but I could be completely wrong, you know. Who am I to, uh, I don't, you know, the ways of the alien, um, you know, are strange to me, so. And uh, that instruction booklet was uh, paper or metal? What do you oh, think? Oh, that's paper, sir. <laughs> no, that's paper. <laughs> I just love yeah. that they bring it back later when he actually meets Exeter, and he's yeah. like, he's like, some of those medals, I gotta bet with Joe. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny to hear them try and uh, flex their their theatrical muscles and drop a couple um, swears in there here and there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're just there. Yeah. But it's it's to me they they actually are pretty funny because it's like I watched this on TV and you're not supposed to be able to say that on TV at the yeah. time and so it's kind of like whoa. I always love just like the sound effects, so that's why I love the one scene when Joe is walking through and they're doing like the crushing footsteps and the. <laughs> one scene that I, I I love and I laugh every time is when oh, I forget the the lady scientist and the professor from Gilligan's Island when they're talking and then the guy comes in the background and there's like oh yeah just <laughs> the as other... he's walking by yeah yeah <laughs> and then that's it he just walks off screen and it just keeps going yeah I I do have to say um 
it goes really fast. Uh, we should have seen this island Earth before, but not for years and years and years and years. So I don't remember how much of it they cut out or where the sections that they cut out were. But I, I, it seems to me that like once they get on the flying saucer, um, the movie just really zips by the rest of it. You would think after watching it and you think back, like that's the last half of the movie or something like that. The movie's almost done by the time they actually make it to the other planet. Yeah, it feels like a third of the movie is like introducing the uh, main character and building the Interocitor, you know, and then there's like the middle third where they're at the um, mansion where all the scientists are. And then the last third or quarter even is, you know, on the flying saucer and and on um, Metaluna. Shout out to my uh, current state of residence, Wisconsin. Kevin's wearing a UW Stout t-shirt at the beginning when he's in the hamster wheel. So, woo, Wisconsin. Yeah, and I like the, the extra little 2001 plug there when he gets off the hamster wheel and they show Gypsy, but they, they close up on her eye. Yep, yep, like, yeah. Hail 9000. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so this is going outside the movie. This is just talking about MST3K in general, the TV show, the 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 phenomenon that it is. The new episodes, the new season, the 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 reboot, the whatever they call it. Uh, not a big fan of the gypsy change. I know some people are, but but I'm not. I think it's that same argument that I had about Mike in the movie. Is that I feel like everybody else is doing a character, even the real people have some character in their voice, and I think that they took Gypsy's voice and it's just somebody saying the lines. And yeah, to me, it just feels off. Yeah, you had mentioned that, and I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, but then when I went back and rewatched this and heard the original Gypsy voice, I was like, oh, yeah, this is way more better, way more Gypsy. Yeah, I wish that if they were, you know, the if they wanted to have Gypsy's voice the way it is now, the way that they have it now, like a woman's voice, actually, because I believe it's, um, you know, people are going to send us hate mail that we don't automatically know who does the voices, but I believe it's a guy that does the voice of Gypsy in the um mst3k the movie and in the original show is that that, that's gotta be right i I believe that's the case yeah yeah. so it's a female doing the voice in the in the netflix stuff but i wish that they would have you know gone all out and maybe got fran drescher uh (laughs) or somebody just like you know which is would be a another really great uh, uhf tie-in yeah, unfortunately, that's I, I'm trying to wrap my my mind around it. It's been at this point that we're recording. There's been two seasons worth of it. Um, I'm trying to see if I can warm up to it and just like it for what it is. But to be honest, with those new seasons, just get me in the theater. I just want movie sign. I love that stuff. The stuff outside of the movie theater. Some of it's fun. Some of it's fine. I just kind of keep moving through. Yeah, I think I'm of the same opinion as you in general, but I just, I think I like it overall a little bit more than you do, which is fine, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I get, we, don't, we don't have to be friends anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter if we agree, so. <laughs> well, you you made me that way by not taking me to the theater <laughs> to see. Uh, okay, so favorite, I think I've gone through all my little quotes that I wrote down anyway. Oh, oh. Uh, as far as Weird Al connection, um, or or not connection necessarily, but other Weird Al instances of obviously Interocitor is mentioned in UHF, but also in his video for Dare to Be Stupid, there is a quick shot of the this island Earth Interocitor, uh, right when they say "talk with your mouth full" and you'll see the Interocitor. Really? Yes. Huh. It's very quick. All right. Cool. I like it. I think it's around the time of like put down your chainsaw and listen to me. 
Yeah, so other MSG3K stuff. Do you have like a a favorite episode of all time or anything like that? Oh man. I, this is I our like, chance to talk about it. Yeah, I like the classics. I, I'm kind of boring. I like pod people. Oh, that one is so good. Yeah. Um It stinks. All that good stuff. I would say, yeah, I would I don't you know, I don't know, you know, Santa conquers the Martians and uh, all that. So I, I would have to probably say maybe pod people might be my favorite. Um, that's pretty good stuff. I know that that's like one of, you know, that's people are probably going to accuse me of being very pedestrian, but I don't know. I like that one. <laughs> oh, that one is so fun though. When like they're riding in the car and the guy's like, it's good music. And the girl's like, it goes in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, how about you? Pod People definitely ranks up there, and I think some of that is just that that was that was an episode that we rewatched a lot. I don't know if I yeah. watched that with you a lot, but I watched it with Brett a lot, and maybe I'll, maybe we all like shared it around, and you know who knows. But yeah, um, that's also back in the days of VHS where we only had so many recorded, so we would just watch them over and over. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. Santa Conquers of Martians. That may have been like one of the first ones I even saw. Or at least that's like my first memory of msg3k is santa conquers the martians oh really um is that the is that the one with the all over the world comment yes yeah which is not which is not very funny but uh, that (laughs) the delivery of it yeah speaking of so that's joel hodgson in that one and uh yes so that delivery of that line is extremely animated and i think that's what's so funny about it because there's nothing happening and there's no reason (laughs) for him to be excited about anything and he just delivers that that way I have recently come to love the, uh, uh, I do not remember the name of it, but it's the Rosdauer episode. And anybody who has seen that episode and knows that, ep- like, you know what I'm talking about uh, with Rous- Rousdauer. Uh I, I remember seeing that back in the day, but it wasn't until yeah. recently when I actually, like, watched it and and uh, was like, oh, this one is a good one. It's a, it's a Canadian movie. Um, it's kind of like this... I, I guess you would say it was maybe the Canada's answer to MacGyver or something. Like he kind of yeah, has that same yeah, like yeah. molded styling and he's like this supposed to be this tough guy with a truck, but he's kind of like a little bit of a dumpy middle-aged guy that <laughs> doesn't really do anything. And, uh, and then he, he meets up with this teenage boy that idolizes him for some reason. And, and just the fact that his name is Rosdauer and they use that as just a joke just by itself. <laughs> the, the the boys just wandering through the woods going roused hour roused hour rousey rousey roused hour yeah that is um as you're telling me about this i'm recalling it i wish that the the box sets weren't so expensive because i would like to have more of them and go back and watch some of this stuff so this was you know we're talking about our favorite episodes but the experience of seeing this show when we first discovered it was so magical and transcendent because um (laughs) like cable was at the so in my house anyway um my grandmother had like a kind of a mother-in-law suite like a little apartment attached to our house and she had cable in her room uh we did not have cable in the rest of the house and so i would have to wait and she was kind of a snowbird so she would be you know she would live with us uh in the summers but then in the winter she would be in florida and so in the winters, we would sneak in uh, <laughs> to her apartment and watch her TV because I had cable. And I, I don't know how I discovered it. I don't, maybe you told me I should watch Comedy Central, but 
there was like a brief period of time when we first discovered it that I wasn't really sure when it was on. I don't think it had like a normally scheduled time maybe. And I was always catching like the hat, the end of an episode or the beginning of one or the middle of another one. And it was so bizarre and outside of everything else that we had encountered up to that point. So yeah, it was almost like a fever dream. At some point, they started showing them on like NBC or some major thing, but it was late at night on Friday evenings. Hmm. And and that's where that's where most of our recordings came from. Was from that because that because like you said that we actually knew when that was going to be on, and that's when Mike did all the intros as the old guy. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. those. Were, those were fun. I always liked Mike's characters. Those were fun. That may have been before he even took over. Yeah, and I remember there being kind of like a little bit of a rift in like the you know four or five people that we knew that watched the show of like, well, I don't know about Mike, but then it was interesting years later to discover that Mike had always been a part of the show and had been a writer on the show for a long time. Yeah. But uh, have I been saying Kevin this whole time? Which, again, moves into the, the new seasons. Listening to the Flophouse podcast, Elliot Kalin is is head writer for the, the new season, so that piqued my interest, let alone the fact that it's MSC3K. Yeah. That, uh, um, something that you were saying about, um, him doing the intros to the episodes reminded me, um, when you rewatched, uh, MST3K, the movie for this episode, what format did you watch it on? Uh, for this time around, it had to be digital because the only copy I've ever owned of it was VHS. And I don't know where that is. If I even have it, I do have a VCR player somewhere and I'm not sure if that completely works. So even if I found the VHS I probably would have had to look elsewhere. So I was reading around. Apparently there was a Blu-ray release that had some deleted scenes on it that I, I should probably pick up at some point. Um, but I, I watched it on my old trusty uh, VHS copy, the only copy I've ever had of it. The the full screen version? Uh, it was, they have it, a widescreen? No, screen? it was widescreen. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. But yeah, so here's the... I'm just going to... I don't know if you could hear that or, or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Yep, sliding, was, sliding in and out of the case. Yep, uh, so this is... This VHS copy has been with me for a very long time, um, and it is a former rental copy from Horizon Video. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. It's got the Be Kind, Please Rewind uh, sticker on it. It's uh, It's pretty awesome. Very nice. I wish that you people that are listening right now would go to Town Talk, the um, UHF 62nd listener group on Facebook, and tell us your fun memories of discovering MST3K, or tell us all the obvious connections between Weird Al and MST3K that we did not talk about. Or you could tweet at us at UHF 62nd. On uh, UHS 62nd, tell us your MST3K experience, whether it was pre-Y2K or post-Y2K, and other acronyms. Yes. Yeah, try and make it as acronym-heavy as you can, and we'll try and decipher it and probably give up if, you, if you're really good at it. So that'll be fun And for then we'll everybody. put it into Google Translate and see what happens. Oh, that's a great idea. Please do that, everybody. <laughs> Wait, then put it in Google Translate or just post their acronyms and then we'll do it? Post their acronyms so that we can put it in Google Translate, yeah. Do you have any one last quote from the movie that you haven't yet said that you want to leave us with? Eat my photons, small heads. Ruth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Weenie man away. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's a lot of fart jokes in this movie.